0: Welcome to the CTO Podcast, and I Hear Everything production. This podcast is dedicated to exploring the challenges and opportunities facing today's chief technology officers. Looking to discover what it takes to succeed as a CTO? Then sit back and relax as we explore the fascinating evolution of the world of technology leadership. Here's the host of the CTO podcast, the founder of seven CTOs, Etienne de Bruin. Welcome to the CTO podcast, where we explore the worlds of chief technology officers as they manage the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of technologists in the C-suite. I'm your host and the founder of seven CTOs, Etienne de Bruin, And today we're going to talk about DevOps and what we might be able to do without it. Joining us is Surya Uruganti, who is the founder and CEO at Argonaut, which is a collaborative developer platform to automate cloud deployment workflows. With a strong focus on simplicity, scalability, and time to value, they've quickly gained a reputation as a go-to solution for fast-paced startups looking to accelerate their shift to the cloud. And today, Surya and I are going to discuss no DevOps, No problemos. Okay, here's my conversation with Surya Udaganti, the founder and
1: CEO at Argonaut. Did you come up with a name? It's actually something that is taken from ancient mythology. Argonauts are this group of heroes who set out on an epic quest to essentially do something that is considered impossible, but they achieve it anyway and they come back victorious.
0: Beautiful. That's really beautiful. Well, I'm super thrilled to have you. You and I had a great little chat before we started recording. I really look forward to connecting with you a bit. So talk to me about this idea of DevOps and no DevOps. So many conversations I have where CTOs feel all my developers should be well-versed in DevOps and then other people are like, no, I want my SREs to be good with that. Talk to me a little bit about where you're coming from.
1: The way I look at it, it's a spectrum. So depending upon the stage of where a company is in its journey, there can be multiple options that are available to them as a team. As a company is just starting off, let's say you have just a handful of people and a founding team, they will be laser focused on building out the product. How can they essentially deliver value to their customers and their users as quickly as possible? At which point, all of this kind of specialization and conversation doesn't even come into the picture right you just do whatever you can do with the skills that are available to you at that particular point in time and put all of these conversations off for later that is absolutely the right thing to do in the interest of shipping fast and making sure that there is maximum value delivered to their users now as that evolves there are a lot of tools and there are a lot of platforms that have sprung up to essentially push this notion as far as possible Right? How can we enable larger teams, not just a small, scrappy startups, but how can we enable larger teams to essentially ship in the similar kind of a manner? Right? Now, with the whole rise of serverless, with the whole rise of different hosted solutions, where all the compute, all the resources, everything is managed, including scaling, etc. This push has been very successful, right? Now, with this kind of a shift, there are teams that are much larger, 10x larger than what was possible earlier, able to just operate without paying any attention to the infrastructure side of things. Now, it is still a spectrum. And there is still a point at which this kind of solution today as it stands today does not scale entirely now that happens because of a couple of reasons one as you add layers on top of bare metal at the end of the day your costs go up right because of all the additional things that need to be provisioned as cost optimization and focus comes into play then that is like a clear factor as to when people start looking at moving away from completely no ops kind of solutions to saying hey now I have a trade-off to make I can pay some money and get this done or I can actually manage it myself and save a bunch of money right that is one factor the other factor that comes into play is when you have custom requirements right a lot of teams end up having uh, very specific requirements which are sometimes not catered to by no-ops kind of platforms. And that is the other place where a team start looking at how to manage things completely from scratch. And this kind of shift is sometimes hard to do. And somewhere in the middle is where we are.
0: So tell me about no-ops. I don't think I've heard of no-ops before.
1: So no-ops is basically something that has been pioneered by Heroku, right? Where you have your development, you have your code that is written out, All you need to do is push your code to your Git repository, and that is somehow magically taken and put into production and made available to your users, right? Now, it's as simple as it gets and supremely valuable for small scrappy teams.
0: Yes. So what I traditionally know as platform as a service or something like that. So no ops being... Yes, the, the magic of merging your branch in Git and boom, it's deployed.
1: Right. Traditionally, that whole pipeline is fairly complex, right? If you look at a mature system, if you look at a mature organization with, let's say, hundreds of engineers, thousands of engineers working on various services, etc., it would look something like this. Once the application code is pushed to a Git repository, a continuous integration system kicks in, does the builds generate some artifacts now these artifacts are stored in some particular location on your cloud Uh, let's say it's if you're building containers it could be something like an ecr elastic container registry by amazon or gcr by google and so on and then you'll have something like a continuous deployment system which essentially takes these artifacts and puts it on a runtime now these runtimes can also take different shapes. You have things like Lambdas, you have Kubernetes, which is clearly gaining in popularity and is sort of the de facto for doing things at scale. And you have this continuous delivery system, which essentially patches your, your artifacts to production right? Or whatever environment you choose. And then it actually doesn't end there, right? After application goes live, you have two or three different steps that follow, which is, uh, how do you bake in observability into this entire process, logs, monitoring, alerting, and so on. And there are other day-to activities like maintenance and cost optimization and visibility, et cetera, as well that can come into play when you are looking at a larger organization. Now, if you can squish all of this into, you know, one kind of product, That's essentially no-ops.
0: Got it, got it. To people who are listening, who are deployed on a no-ops approach through Heroku and similar services, what is the impetus to move away from
1: that? Typically what we've seen is that there are three factors that are most common for causing this shift. The first is proliferation of services that exists inside the company as your team size grows as the complexity of the product that you're building grows typically you have let's say more than 10-ish services right and at that point it becomes very hard for managing things like inter-service communication managing rollouts in a staged manner across all of these different pieces and that is one of the factors where this kind of shift happens within teams the other case where this happens is when cost comes into play. Typically, again, startups have very generous AWS, GCP, Azure credits, and as they go down and cost optimization starts coming into play, you have a shift where folks migrate from something like a Heroku uh, to AWS to simultaneously keep control of costs and to have better control over exactly what is happening with their systems as well. So fine tuning,
0: alarms, logging, observability, like you said, insights into specific services, potentially deploying into different data centers for redundancy. These are all reasons to sort of get out of the no ops way.
1: Yes, that is where the existing notions of Heroku, etc. start breaking down. There are different products which try to encompass all of these as well into an operations free kind of structure. But we're still early days in that front.
0: What I see when I'm scaling a team, the one thing I want my developers to feel is that I don't want them to feel the weight of uptime. I want them to obviously code in a way that doesn't cause downtime, clearly through the code. But in my experience, there's very few developers who like to come through graphs, and maybe it's just me, but I I feel like the general developer isn't fond of having to work on the container in which the app is housed. They want to get their creativity and their code out and not have to worry about the infrastructure that's underlying that. Is that your experience as well?
1: Absolutely. And because of that, we actually see a huge uptick in products which help you auto scale which help you not have to worry about any of these one of the largest reasons for why serverless has so much traction is because of combining these two factors right one users don't have to worry about managing the infrastructure itself and two they are essentially guaranteed to work at any kind of load right so uptime and scalability are not really problems so the combination of these two factors actually helps drive the whole serverless revolution. So let's
0: bring that back to the no DevOps idea. So what are you advocating with that?
1: So what we actually take as an approach at Argonaut is sort of the happy middle ground between these two areas. We bring the benefits of no-ops to a platform such as AWS or GCP and enable you to essentially be fully future-proof at cloud scale without having to worry about how the setup and how the complexity needs to be managed today when you know you don't have to worry about that scale. So how do we marry these two things together into one kind of a product? That's essentially what I believe the future is going to look like. And that is the reason why Argonaut is also shaped in that kind of a manner. We provide the right kind of primitives where users don't have to worry about infrastructure. Users don't have to worry about scaling. They don't have to worry about all the nitty-gritty that needs to go into, let's say, something like an AWS or a GCP. But they get all the benefits. They get all the best practices baked in from day one. And they have the full control and flexibility to modify any of these lower level details as their needs become more complex over a period of time.
0: So do you do that in the form of, say, prefabbed Terraform scripts that you sort of, you take on a new client and you create the scripts for their needs? Or is there more of a one size fits all?
1: So we actually have a product which combines a few of these factors together. We do have prefabbed Terraform scripts to provision infrastructure on top of something like an AWS or GCP for, let's say, provisioning databases, your Kafka, Redis instances, and so on. All the things like, all the lower-level details like VPCs, subnets, access controls, all of those factors are also taken care of. So that's one part of it. The other part of it is the application deployment side of things, where we also have dynamic generation of CI pipelines where users can essentially drag and drop whatever pieces they want included in their pipeline. And we automatically generate the code for it and we run it on top of, let's say your GitHub actions or GitLab CI. And then we dynamically stitch all of these things together, including your container registries, including whatever observability tools that you might want to use, et cetera, using our product as an orchestrating substrate in the backend. So users essentially get to deal with the higher level primitives, such as environments and applications, and they can just very cleanly do the tasks that they actually want to do. Whereas on the other side, Argonaut automatically generates all of these configurations and provisions it on the users we have, on the users AWS or GCP accounts, along with full configurations. So that is the kind of balancing act that we do.
0: That sounds like if there's no DevOps, there's no problem.
1: <laughs> that's what we hope to achieve. Just tell me your team size, your company size. We are a team of 10 people at this point. We've been kicking ass for nearly two years now. Yeah, that's amazing. Okay, that wraps up this episode
0: of the CTO Podcast. Thanks to Surya Uruganti, founder and CEO at Argonaut for joining us. In part two of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow, Surya and I are going to discuss how to stop juggling and start shipping product. If you can't wait until our next episode and would like to learn more about Surya, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter where his handle is Surya Uruganti or visit his company website at argonaut.dev. That Twitter handle is S-U-R-Y-A-O-R-U-G-A-N-T-I. Just one link in our show notes I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while listening to this podcast, head over to ctopod.com where we have summaries of all our episodes and contact information for our guests. And if you want to share your stories of technical strategy and leadership in the C-suite, you can apply to be a guest speaker on the CTO podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is at seven CTOs on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, or you can contact me directly. My handle is at De Bruin. If you haven't subscribed yet and want a steady stream of CTO brilliance in your podcast feed, We're publishing multiple episodes each week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow. Okay, that's all for today. But until next time, remember that if things aren't breaking, your company isn't growing.